Amen. The wonder of Christmas. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you again for your word, for this opportunity. We, we ask that you will speak to our hearts, Lord God. You direct our minds to focus on you. You get us in that space, Lord God Almighty, where we are leaning in, leaning in strong on you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you, mighty King, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Today we begin a brand new series uh, going through the month of December. It will be uh, four parts where we are really looking at the miracle of Christmas, the gift of Christmas. Uh, Christmas, I would say, is a miraculous time, the most miraculous time of the year. And there are reasons behind that. And today we're going to be looking at three reasons why uh, God came to us, uh, why Christmas is such a fantastic, exciting time of the year. May I encourage you, while you are social distancing, physical distances, uh, go, go to one of those drive-through Christmas light shows. Uh, there are different places that are doing that. Google that in your area. And one evening, get in your car and then drive through and hear the Christmas music and a lot of places, a lot of parks. Uh, some of the larger churches uh, using their parking lots, uh, well decorated with lights, with music, uh, to be able to hear the Christmas story. Uh, so find one of those and just be in this space. Be in this space while we are social distancing and uh, and uh, you know living in an isolation outside of others. Uh, get out there, stay in your car, and go go through one of these drive-throughs and really capture the essence. Of this season. So today I want to speak with you about the gift of Christmas. Gift of Christmas. So let's launch right into it. Um, let's look at the, the, the Christmas account, Matthew 1. Matthew 1. Uh, here's how it goes. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus, her husband, was faithful to the law and didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, you are to name him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from the sins. Read that with me wherever you are, this, this last verse. She will give birth to a son, you are to give his name, him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And in verse 23, he says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, for the next few weeks this month, everything focuses on this one event. The birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ about 2,000 years ago. The, the, the issue of Christmas is a big deal all over the world. You see, as the days draw nearer to Christmas, guess what happens? The schools will close. Some offices will shut down to have a Christmas break. Christmas Day, December 25th, while it's a work day on a Friday, in many states, it is a holiday. 
A lot of countries observe December 25th as a holiday. And, and why is that? What's so special about Christmas that a lot happens. Uh, the Christmas trees are up. Uh, some folks have brought up the Christmas trees and the lights and the music and the Christmas carols playing on the airwaves and, and uh, the malls are super decorated and uh, uh, hotel lobbies and workplaces uh, uh, showing this that this is the season. And why is it that this time of the year everything becomes secondary when we start talking about Christmas? Well, there are at least three miracles, three outstanding facts about Christmas that makes it a glorious, most miraculous time of the year. Let's look at this. The first is, it's about who came to Christmas, the wonder, the gift. The magic of Christmas is who came at Christmas. The magic of Christmas is also is who he came to, and the magic of Christmas is why did he come? Who came? Who did he come to? And why did he come? Now, this is the big idea. This is the big idea. When we come together, I try to you know, condense and, and uh, put everything in a bite size. So if you were to tune out, somebody asks you, hey, what's, what's this message about? Here is something that I encourage you to be able to share or try to remember or hone in throughout this message. The big, the wisdom key is this. Read with me. It's at Christmas, God gave us the perfect gift of satisfaction. Let's say that again. At Christmas, God gave us the perfect gift, the precious gift of satisfaction, God's presence, his peace, his pardon, and a purposeful life. God gave us his precious gift of satisfaction. And what is that? It is his presence, it is his peace, it is his pardon, and it's a purposeful life. And that's what... The big gift of Christmas, that's the, the great deal that this season is all about. And I hope you don't miss it. I hope we don't make it all about the Christmas carols and, and, and uh, you know, make it all about um, Santa Claus and reindeer and all the Christmas Hollywood characters. Uh, but this is the God came to, 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 that we will have a life of fulfillment, a life of satisfaction. And this life is his own life. God with us. Peace on earth, forgiveness for our sins, and what he calls everlasting life, a life of purpose. Now, the first miracle is about who came to Christmas. At Christmas, the magic, the mystery, the wonder, the great gift of Christmas is about who came to Christmas, at, at Christmas. And it's God came to earth. God came to earth. Why is Christmas a big deal? Christmas a big deal is because we had a visitation from God. There was an invasion of God on earth in our life. And so Christmas is a celebration of invasion. Say that with me. Christmas is a celebration of invasion. God invaded earth 2,020 years ago. And this was a big deal. It is far a bigger deal than when men walked on the moon. It's far a bigger deal than when men showed up on earth. It's a far bigger deal than anything else that has been produced. The first miracle of Christmas when God came to earth. You say, God came to earth? I thought it was Jesus. Yes. 
We are celebrating Jesus' birthday, but Jesus was God. You know, he said it himself. He claimed to be God. And the Bible calls him God, and he proved that by dying on the cross and rising up on the third day, and he walked around, and everybody saw him, and it says this is the proof that God has come to earth. Here's what the Bible tells us in Colossians 1, 15 to 16. Colossians 1, 15. It says what? Christ is the what? Exact likeness of the unseen God. Read that with me. Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. Now the Bible is its own encyclopedia. The Bible explains for itself. So here is the expansion of this truth. He, Christ, existed before God made anything at all. And in fact, God himself, Christ himself is the creator who made everything in heaven and earth. And the things we see and things we can't. The spirit world with its kings and kingdoms, its rulers and authorities, all were made by Christ. And so God, Christ, Jesus' beginning was not in a manger. His beginning was not in Mary's womb. His beginning pre-existed time. There are three things, three amazing truths that this portion of scripture reveals unto us. It is this, that Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. Nobody has seen God, but we know God because of Jesus. Because Jesus is what? The exact likeness of the unseen God. What is this big deal about Christmas? Because God came to earth in the way of Jesus. The second truth that this amazing scripture tells us is that Christ existed before anything at all that was made. He existed before the moon, the stars. So he's the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before anything else that was made. And it says, he himself, Christ, was the creator of everything that was made. <laughs> Jesus is creator God. And so when God said, let us make man in our own image, who is that us? It's not you, it's not me. God and Jesus existed together. Let us, that poor us, that he existed alongside Jesus as his co-maker, co-creator, bringing everything to come into existence. And so the big deal about Christmas, my brother, my sister, before anything else that we can see, before anything else was created, before any ruler, any authority, any power, Christ existed. He made all things. He is the exact likeness of the unseen God, and it is he who showed up in our world. And today lives in the lives of believers forevermore. And one day when we close our eyes to this world, we'll see him face to face. So the greatest miracle, my brother, my sister, of Christmas is Jesus came to reveal God's identity. He's the exact likeness of the unseen God. In other words, he came to show us what God really is like. You know, there are a lot of strange things that people say about God. You hear people often say that I, I like to think of God as. Or I, I, I like to think of God like this, and they come up with something. Well, don't listen to them. Why don't you listen to what Jesus says about God? 
Because Jesus is the exact likeness of God. Jesus came to reveal God's identity. When you read the Bible and you see the work of Jesus, you, it is God in action. It's God in action. One of the things that Jesus said over and over again while he was here for three and a half years, he says, God is your father. There's nowhere in the Old Testament that God is depicted as a father. We see God as a shepherd, God as the judge, God as the ruler, God as the provider, God as the protector, but not this intimate, close, personal, compassionate, loving God. He says he is your father. God is your father. Our fa Pray like this. Our father in heaven. <laughs> what? God. Has a relationship with us. Yes, an intimate close bond with us. And Jesus said that. That we can have a relationship with him. And he came to reveal that God has a relationship of love with us. Love, love the Lord your God. You can love God with your heart. God wants to love you, receive his love, and love him back. And enter into this strong, intimate relationship with Almighty God. Christ came to teach us that. Now, people say, well, I believe Jesus was a good man. Some may say, I believe Jesus was a good teacher. But you see, Jesus never said that. He never said he was a good, <laughs> good man. He never even called himself a teacher. Jesus called himself God. Look at what the Bible says. John 10, verse 30, Jesus is speaking. He says, I and my father are one. The greatest miracle about Jesus this season that we have is we, we have experienced God. We have heard the voice of God. We have come in contact with God. Because what Jesus said and did are the words and the works of God. He says, I and my father are one. And the good news is Jesus came to teach us and to show us that God is our father. We are no longer fatherless children. Our father is caring. He's compassionate. He's close. He's competent. He's capable. And these things we know because Jesus came and lived and spoke and shared his life with us. And in the Bible, when we read in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what do we see? We see Jesus and when we see Jesus speaking, going, doing, what we see and hear is God in action. Now, here's Jesus going to a marriage feast in John 2. And he asks the question, do you mean that God's presence can be felt in my relationship? Yes. Jesus is the exact likeness of God. He and the Father are one. And when you see Jesus going to a marriage feast, yes, Jesus wants to come into your marriage, to come into your, your relationship with your kids and, and make it more fruitful and enjoy himself that his presence will overwhelm you. Here's Jesus. He goes to the marriage, and you know what happened? Uh, the Wine out of wine. And what does he do? He turns water into wine. Do you mean that God can meet the problems of my life when I get into a jam? You bet he is. And he can. Here we see Jesus in the Gospels in John 7. He's going to a funeral and he stops the funeral procession. And he asks the question, do you mean that God understands my grief and he understands my hurts? Yes, he does. He's a compassionate God. He knows what you're going through. Oh, we see Jesus Christ entering a sick room where a little girl had just died. And he asked the question, when I'm sick, when 
I'm in the jam when I have troubles and problems where no one can come to me. Where is God? Can, will God come to me? Yes, we see Jesus making house calls. And yes, he will be with you at all times in your life. I and the Father are one. The works that I speak and the works that I do are God in action. Here's Jesus taking a baby in his arms and saying, Let the little children come to me. And he asks the question, Will God bless my children? I don't know. In this world that we live in, it's far more dangerous, far more tricky, far more difficult than the world that I lived in. Is God going to be there to see my children through this journey of life? You bet. He exemplified that by bringing. I encourage the children to come to him. He held them in his hands and he blessed them. And he will do the same for your children. Here's Jesus. We see in, in, in the scriptures uh, Jesus taking a few loaves of bread and fish, feeding the multitude. And you ask the question where there is no way when I'm in a jam or difficulty that I cannot get, get through, I can get through to the other side. Will God see me through? Yes, God will make a way where there's no way. He will take care of you, no matter the circumstance. And Jesus, who says, I and the Father are one. The works that I do are the works of the Father. He demonstrated in that. You remember the account where Jesus is walking on the water through the storms in the darkness of night coming to his disciples? And do you mean, will God be with me in the storms of life? When I get sick, when I get broke, when, I, when, when I'm divorced, when I'm lonely, when I lose my job, when this bill comes, I can't pay, when I get through a difficult time, will God be there? He demonstrated that in the storms of life, he showed up in the life of his disciples. He'll be right there with you in, your, in the darkest hour when you had made that colossal mistake, when it seemed like you are down and out, you'll be right down with you, lifting you up from your downfall. God in action is Jesus, and at Christmas, we celebrate God coming to earth. In the final moments of Jesus before he left, he's speaking to his disciples who are afraid and crushed. He told them, one of you will betray me. He says, what? I mean, betrayal is unacceptable. Betrayal is something that is like stabbing in the back uh, in the Eastern tradition back in those days. And one of the 12 core disciples, one of you is going to betray me. That, well, that, was, that was a deep blow. Then he turned around and said, Peter, before the core crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times. Then he said, this is where I'm going. You cannot come. One shock out top of the other. You can imagine that the disciples were dejected. They were left down. They felt horrified. They felt like, my gosh, the bottom of how are we going to do it? What's going to happen? Look at what happened in John 14. John 14. So Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Show us the Father. At Christmas, God gave us the precious gift of satisfaction. He says, you know what? You've said a lot about the Father and now we know the Father. He's loving. He's kind. He's he is compassionate, he is eager, he, he, is, he, he, is, he is in our tank, he is for us, not against us. God the Father is our ruler. God the Father is all we need. And so if you are leaving us and one of us is going to betray you and where you are going, we cannot come. And even Peter will deny you, then show us the Father. And everything you've told us about God the Father is all we need to be able to weather this dangerous storm that you have prophesied was going to happen. And look at what Jesus said. Jesus replied, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. <laughs> it says, I'm it. I'm right here. 
I am your satisfaction. I am your fulfillment. I am your hope. I am your glory. I am your pillar. I am your rock. I am the one that will see you through every difficult situation that will ever come your way. At a time when you are angry, at a time when you are perplexed, you are worried, you are scared, at a time when you are anxious, at a time when you don't know what to do, yes, you want the Father because you know if God is with me, I, I, he, will hold, he will see me through this storm in life. But I'm here. I'm He. I am He. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And he asked, so why are you asking to show him to you, just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least, hear this, believe because of the works you have seen me do. If you have really known me, you would know who my Father is from now on. You do know him and have seen him. <laughs> you know God, you've seen him. How do you know God through the words and the works of Jesus that are recorded in the gospel and amplified oh, by the apostles in the epistles and prophesied by the prophets in the Old Testament? You know him, you've seen him. Because you've seen me, you've seen my works, and the miracle of Christmas is Jesus came. Jesus came. He came, he lived, he spoke, he worked. And everything he said he did was to point us to who our Heavenly Father is. And brother, my sister, this is the first miracle of Christmas. It is that God himself came down about 2,020 years ago. And that's why this is such a significant event in history. And that is why we celebrate and that's why the calendar was split in half. That at the birth of Jesus, everything that happened before Jesus was before Christ. And everything after Jesus, it is what? A.D. And so when we date today, today's date, when we look at today's date as December the 6th, 2020, what is it? It is December 6th, 2020, after the day of Christ. After Jesus came and lived here, this is when this, that historians... Astrologists split the dead in half and use Jesus, the coming of Jesus, as the reference point. Your birthday is based on the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God came to earth, and after that, everything else oh, spills from that. And that's how important it is. It was God who came to earth, and He came to give us the precious gift of satisfaction. Show us the Father that will be satisfied. Show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Show us the Father and we'll have no worry. We'll have no fear of challenges, troubles. We have no. Show us the Father and that will be enough. He says, You've got God. You've got God. You know who He is. You've heard from Him. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The works I do are the works of Jesus. The words I say are the words of Jesus. And it says, You do know Him and I've seen Him. If you believed in me. At Christmas, God came and gave us the precious gift of satisfaction. How? With his presence. God's presence. Now, secondly, also, there's a second miracle at Christmas that, that God wants us to catch in this season. And not make it all about the reindeers and make it all about Santa Claus and make it all about Christmas trees and, and what Hallmark has made that to be. At Christmas, God came to earth. Secondly, at Christmas, God came to ordinary people. 
That's a big deal. He came to ordinary people. You see, when Jesus was born, he didn't come to a select few. He didn't come to the privileged class only. He didn't come to the religious people only. He came to lonely shepherds. You remember that the first people who came and saw Jesus beside Jesus' mother and father, besides the sheep were the shepherds. They said they were watching their flocks by night. The angel came and with a sound of a trumpet, he says, the Savior is born. And they hurried and they went and saw him. The shepherds were the first people to see Jesus. God himself come down to earth. And the message is that God came to ordinary people. He wasn't born in a palace. Although he came from a palace, he is the God of the universe. He wasn't born in a nice hotel. He wasn't born even in a hospital. He was born in a manger. Do you know what a manger is? Today we dramatize the nativity scene. My family drove by. On Friday night, we went to one of the churches close by, and we, we uh, you know, saw an, an, an enactment of the nativity scene and how pretty it looked. All the lights and all the paintings and the music. No, when Jesus was born, he was born in a manger. Do you know what a manger is? A manger is the feeding box of sheep. Now, where I come from, my ancestors raised animals. They raised sheep and goats and chicken and so forth and so on. And uh, walk with me a little bit. <laughs> Where sheep are raised is not a fun place. It's a stinking place. The box of sheep stinks. That's not where you want to put your infant. <laughs> That's not where you want to put someone near and dear to you, much less... God himself come in the flesh. He was born in the feeding box of sheep. Not exactly a real clean place to leave a newly born infant. This is a place of stench of animals. The urine and the poop and just everything. That's it is a very smelly place. But this is where God of all the places chose to birth Gives the, the son of God who is the exact likeness of himself and the first people who got to visit Jesus were not religious leaders they were not royalty, they were not political figures the people who were invited to see Jesus were shepherds now um, today we amplify shepherds as heroes in the Christmas story but back in those days, the shepherds were nobodies. They were low lives. They were outcasts of society because they did a job that nobody wanted to do. No parent will ever say, boy, I can't wait for my son to grow up to become a shepherd. Shepherds were low lives in the social ladder in life. They were homeless nomads. Shepherds were ceremonially unclean. They couldn't go to the temple. They were not even admissible in courts as a witness. So if you were sued for something and the only eyewitness you had was a shepherd, you were in trouble because of their low estate, because of the low class they were considered, they were not admissible in church as witnesses. They were rejected. They were called them low lives. But those were the people who were invited first to come to see the birth of Jesus. Now, later on, the wise men came from the east, and they brought rich gifts. But the messages from the lowest in society to the highest, 
They were invited to come and see Christ. And the message is Jesus is available to all of us. He's available to you. He's available to me. He wasn't born upon a hill where we cannot get to him. He wasn't born behind a gated community where you've got to know somebody in there to ping you in. He was born right in the open country where anybody could come and have a relationship with him. And that's the point. God wants to have a relationship with you. That's why he came. He opened wide access that the biggest message of Christmas is God's presence. God with us. God's presence upon us. Look at what John tells us. John 1.14. He says, the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He says, the word, which is Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The mystery, the magic, the wonder, the precious gift of Christmas is God's presence on the score among us. God came among us. He's not distant from you. He's right there in your home, on your job, wherever you are listening to this message. Whatever situation that you ever get into, where is God? He's among you. Where is God? He's among you. And he came to make his dwelling among you. I like the way the message paraphrase put this portion of scripture, John 1, 14. In contemporary language, he says, the word became flesh and blood and did what? Moved into the neighborhood. God moved into the neighborhood. He is right there. He was laying right beside you last night. He's sitting right next to you right now while you're listening to this message. When you're having a meal, where's Jesus? He's right there. When you're driving, he's right there. When you're taking a shower, he's right there. When you're at work, he's right there. When you are serving your customers, he's right there. Where is God? He's right there. He's moved into your life. He's moved into your neighborhood. And that's the greatest miracle, the precious gift of Christmas, that God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. You say, what's the relevance? What's the significance of Jesus being born in the feeding box of animals and his birth first witnessed by outcasts of society? It's that you and I have access to God. You and I. God values us. God has a premium on our lives. God cares about you. You are not a, a, a little nobody. No. God cares about Don't let anybody tell you that. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't talk to God. You can't draw closer to God. That it's only the pastors and the apostles and the prophets who can communicate with God. Wrong. God has come among you. He has moved into your home, your life, your family, everything that concerns you. God, oh yes. He says, let me in. Let me in. Without any qualification. Without any delay. Without any appointment. Let me in and I will come and live with you. And because God cares about you. And he wants to be right where you are. Oh, look at what Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, tells us in Hebrews 2.17. He says, the reason God did this is so that we can connect with him. The reason God did this so we don't run away from him. The reason God did this is, is so we don't go through any intermediary. The reason God came in in such lowly form he came, that the shepherds were the one who saw him. He was born to a peasant. 
one who was not highly educated, one who was not the who is who in the town, Joseph and Mary, that the shepherds were the one who saw him. He wasn't born in the palace, but born right there and placed in the feeding box of stinky animals is there so that we will draw closer to God. We will identify with him. We won't run away from God. Right? I mean, there's some places that some will shy to go away. Oh, my White House, I will never go. Oh, talk to this chief, I will never do. Oh, to the CEO, you got to go through all, all kinds of hoops. The mayor, the governor, the president, your, your elected office, uh, who is in politics, you can't just walk into the office, but that's so with God. He, oh, but, Hebrews 2.7 tells us, it says, therefore it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters. God did this with intention so that we can identify with him. We said, no, I better not call God. He's too busy. He's too high. No, he said, look at how I came. Look at how I came. You can call on me. You can come to me. You can receive me. He says it was necessary, necessary so that he would be made in every respect like us as brothers and sisters so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that will take away the sins of the people. He came that we can identify with him, and he will identify with us. He knows our frame. He knows our challenges, our weakness, our problems. That when we call on God, even when we don't have the right words, it's like your child, that infant, that toddler comes to you and is trying to tell you something, and they don't have the right words because their vocabulary is not matured enough, but you just sense what they need because you've been there. You've been a child like them. You've walked in their shoes. You know what they're going through. When they come and tell you something that happened in their neighborhood, where somebody maybe try to bully them or try to intimidate them. You can see in their eyes and you can read their concern, their fear, their pain. They don't have to be articulate. They don't have to dot all their eyes or C's. They don't have to give you a book report why they feel, what they do. Because you know, he says it was necessary for Christ to be in every respect like us. He moved into our neighborhood. He was hungry. He was light on. He felt cold. They rejected him. They killed him. They murdered him. They gossiped at him. He's been through everything that you and I have been through. And he says because of that, he could, he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Have you ever talked to somebody who is so high and lofty that they cannot just understand your situation? They just don't know what you're going through. Because they've never experienced, they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. So they don't, they've never experienced what he went through. Not so with Jesus. He understands us. So he could be our merciful and faithful high priest. He could understand where we are. He understands that we get tempted. He understands that we are dust. He understands what you are going through right now. This COVID situation that is getting you exhausted. That is getting you to a place where you're ready to throw in the towel. Your physical situation, your health situation, your relationship situation, your financial situation. He knows what you're going through. So he can extend mercy. Mercy. Mercy means God will treat you with not what you deserve. God will treat you better than you deserve. He can be a faithful high priest. He knows that, yes, you've not been faithful, but God is faithful. You've not always been loyal, but he is loyal. And so he will stand by his word. He will act and act his promises for your life. He came to offer a sacrifice. 
to take away your sins, knowing that you or nobody else could do that for you. He moved into our neighborhood. At Christmas, God gave us the precious gift of satisfaction. That is his presence. And what his pardon, he came to do what we could not do. Our sins, our wrongs, our mistakes that had caused a ditch where we are falling in and cannot get up. And he came to wipe it off to give us a fresh start in life. Oh, and look at the response to that. Luke 2, 16, he says, The shepherds, the outcast of the society, came and they saw the glory of God. The shepherds went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in the feeding trough. <laughs> that the one that we adore, we sing, Oh, come, let us adore him. That adorable king, that majestic Jesus, is approachable. He is relatable. And he meets us where we are with all our mess, our mistakes. God is not waiting for you to be perfect in order to use you. He's not waiting for you to be perfect in order to bless you. He's not waiting for everything to all the boxes to check in your life for him to step into your life and begin that recovery process, that restoration process in your life. Glory to Almighty God. He says, look at how I came. I came to my people in their stench, in their misery, in their pain, with all their mess. I stepped right in there. Don't wait for things to get perfect before you come to Jesus. Come to him where you are. He came to ordinary folk. He came in a situation where it's messy because where there's messy, he brings his mercy. Where there are difficulties, it brings his breakthrough. Where there are challenges, he comes in with his wonder-working power. At Christmas, God gives us the precious gift of satisfaction. He came to earth. He came to ordinary people. You see, the greatest miracle, my brother and my sister, is not just how he came, even though that's miraculous, not just who he came to. The greatest miracle, my brother and my sister, is why he came. At Christmas, God came for your benefit. Jesus, the exact likeness of God. Jesus, the one through him all things were created. Jesus, who says, I and the Father are one. He came, not for his benefit, but for whose benefit? Our benefit. Somebody say, my benefit. Jesus came for my benefit. One more time. Jesus came for my benefit. Jesus came for my benefit. His presence, his peace, his pardon, now his purposeful life. He came for my benefit. Now, John tells us this, 1 John 4, 9. John tells us this. It says, this is how God showed his love for us. He sent his only son into the world so that we could have what? Life through him. <laughs> life through him. He came so that. The word so that is the therefore. He came for this reason. He came to do this. He came to be able to cause this outcome. God showed his love by sending Jesus at Christmas time. So that for the benefit of us having the word life through him. The Greek word life there is zap. Ho, say that with me, whatever you are. Za, ho, one more time. Let's all speak a little bit of Greek. Za, 
Nazaho means to live, to breathe, to be among the living. Zaho is not being lifeless, it's not the living dead, but it's to enjoy real life. So he came that will enjoy real life. Zaho also means to have true life, an active, blessed, endless life in the kingdom of God. Zaho is typified like living water. It's like you see a spring water and how fresh it is, cleaning up the atmosphere. That is the picture of Zaho, living water, having vital power in itself, exerting the same upon the soul. It's a metaphor, Zaho, this life. I've come that you have life. You have Zaho through me. It is a life of for vigor. It is to be fresh, to be strong, to be efficient, an adjective of life. Zaho is active, powerful, successful, worthwhile, valuable. Jesus came. They will have Zaho through him. We'll have an active, powerful, successful, worthwhile, valuable life like a fresh spring water that is effervescent. Effervescent. And he did it out of a mission of love. He came on a mission of love. God showed his love to us by sending Jesus for our benefit to give us Zaho. He came for our benefit. Zaho. Now there are three things that are encompassed in this Zaho life. Look at this portion of scripture in John 18.35. Again, all from the very dark words of Jesus. Jesus is speaking. He says what? I was what? Born for this purpose. I came to bring truth into the world. I was born for this purpose. I came to bring truth into the world. Now the word purpose qualifies the word truth. Truth is a, a, a function of purpose. And so the word truth there is alatea. <laughs> truth. It's what is true in a matter under consideration. I've come to bring truth in life so that you have purpose. The matter in consideration. What is it that you are facing today? God is saying, I've come to give you truth. I've come to give you, to bring truth to your life. It is concerning the duties of a person. As a mom, a dad, a father, a mother, a worker, a brother, a sister, whatever your vocation is, whatever it is your duties are, God is saying, I've come to give you truth. I've come to give you morality. I've come to give you personal ethics. I've come to give you a true lifestyle, a true conviction, so that you will follow this path to your success. I've come to give you truth, the truth that will lead to your purpose in life, respecting the things of God, that you will live your life in execution of the word, of the purposes of God. I've come to give you Alatea, truth that will lead to purpose in life, so that you will function well-being, that the way you operate your life will bring life and light to others. That you respect the duties why God created you. I'll tell you the truth that you have the truth to be able to oppose corrupt opinions and falsehood. This is what God says. I'm not going to do this. I don't care how much you're going to pay me for it. 
I don't care what others are doing. It's, 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 it's of no consequence, no value to me. I was born for this purpose. I, I came to provide this purpose for people that they will know the truth. When it comes to personal morality and ethics, pertaining to their duties and their relationship with God and fulfillment of execution of their purposes of Almighty God and to live opposing what's corrupt and pursuing any, what's right, kicking down any falsehoods, ignoring anything else that is not of God. God puts that radar, that antenna in you that says, I'm not going to do it because it is not in fulfillment of God's purpose for my life. So this purpose for life, I've come that they will have Zao, or one of those life is, is one of purpose for truth. Now look at what he, he tells us also. Again, Jesus speaking, John 10, 10, the direct words of Jesus. He says, I have come that they may live life and have it to the full. I've come that they will have life and have it to the full. Full life. <laughs> full, what's full life? Abundant life. Not a broken life. Not a life that is uh, just hanging but a life that is overflowing, a life that is robust, a life where you are the wellspring of life, that others are drinking from your world, that God is using you to cause his light to shine in the world. You are an extension of God's mercy, God's grace. You are making a difference in your life, in your family. That when you are not there, you are being missed. You are the head and not the tail. Not that we have bossing, everybody should call me boss. No, because you are making such a dramatic effect, bringing so much value wherever you are, that when you are not there, they miss you. When you are not there, is somebody going to miss you? Is somebody going to miss you? Are you living this full life, this life that's flowing out from the well of Christ into the lives of others? Are you making a big difference in the life of your family, your spouse, your children, your neighbors, your customers, your clients, your boss, your company? Are you doing that? He says, that's what I've come. That you're not just living life to yourself. Your life is not limited to me, 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 me. That's not what Jesus came. He came to give you a full life, an overflowing life. That you became a, a wellspring that out of your life. Many will drink. Many are drinking from it. Amen. Purpose for life. Show us the Father and that will, be, that, will be, that will satisfy us. And God said, I'm here. I've come to give you my presence. I've come to give you my peace. I've come to give you a pardon. And I, you have that purpose for life. Zaho. Aletea. Purposeful truth. Oh, look at this. Jesus speaking again, John 12, 47. I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Look at these three truths. Jesus speaking. I was born for this purpose, to bring truth to the world, purpose for truth for your life. Next, I've come that you have life and have it to the full, overflowing life. Next, I didn't come to judge you. But I come to save you. He came on a rescue mission. He came on a redemption course. Truth, life, and forgiveness. That's God's Christmas gift for you. Truth, life, and forgiveness. Come that you will have this life of satisfaction, purposeful life, a life of truth. Purposeful truth, purposeful life, a life where your past is forgiven. You are living in the freedom of God's power. 
Glory to Almighty God. And here's how Jesus sums it all up. I'm sure you know this, this portion of scripture in John 8.32. Why don't you go through this Christmas season with this scripture on your heart and your mind. Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth of why I can, the truth of what I mean in your life, the truth of what I want to do. This precious gift of satisfaction. God coming to earth, coming into your life. God's presence, bringing his peace, bringing his pardon and purposeful life. That will give you freedom. <laughs> freedom. I've come to set you free. I haven't come to judge you. I haven't come to you down. He says, they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He says, behold, the Savior is born. I've come not to judge you, but to set you free. And if you receive this truth, you'll be set free. You'll be living in the freedom of God's will, God's purpose for your life. Oh, my brother, my sister. God wants to do something big in your life. He wants to take you to a higher place, a place where you've never been before. But it says, understand this. I, I, I've come to give you a precious gift. And don't let this gift pass you by. Embrace this gift. Let this Christmas season be one where you are living this life of satisfaction that embodies God's presence, God's peace, God's pardon, and God's purpose for life. Seek to live in the will of God. You see, God is not going to force himself on you. He says he comes in very willingly. He comes in very simply. But, you, you, but you've got to desire it for yourself. He wants to live with you. He wants you to be able to receive and accept this truth that he shared with us today, 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 today. Look at this amazing portion of scripture. Uh, here's Jesus speaking. Um, I mean, Matthew 12, verse I mean, 46 to 50. Matthew 12. Here's Jesus speaking. And he tells us this. He says, he says I mean, you do want this for yourself. Desire these things in your life that God will work in you to be able to accomplish great and awesome things that by yourself you cannot do. He, and he says this. Look, look at this with me. Look at this with me. He says, as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and his brother stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone came around and said, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside. They want you to come. They want you to come. You've been healing too long. You've been praying for people. You've been teaching too long. Come, come home, come home, come home, come home, come home. Now Jesus used an opportunity to be able to share. This is why I came. I came to, I came to bring satisfaction to people. I came that people will have my presence, my peace, my pardon. I came that people will have a purposeful life. But here's the catalyst. Here's how we get into company. He adds, look, these people are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Anyone who does the will of God, anyone who really wants to get in on this gift, anyone who really wants to be in on this deal, this good deal of God, he is my brother, 
they are my sisters, they are my mother, they are my father. I'm, I'm moving into their life, moving right in the center of things, and I'm coming in with my precious gift of, of satisfaction. I am coming in with my peace, coming in with my presence, coming in with my pardon, coming in with my purpose for living. They are my brothers and sisters. They have this intimacy, closeness, oneness, glory to God. I just throw everything away and I offload my presence in their life. I offload my power. I offload my mercy. I work miracles in their life. Anyone who does the will of God, anyone who wants to be on the same page with me, anyone who wants to turn your back on the things of this world and pursue me, focus on me, make me the central person in their life. This is my brother. We are family. We are one. We are on the same page working towards to bring about this life of transformation that I came on Christmas to bring. Glory to Almighty God. And I hope you want to be dead as God's brother, Jesus' brother, Jesus' sister, Jesus' friend. He says, do my will. It's never too late to make things right with God. Don't let this week pass by. Don't let 2020 pass by for everything, everything that we have been through that God has seen you through. Don't let 2020 pass you by without getting into a strong connection with Almighty God. Oh, you've wasted so much time. Today you are closer to the end of your life than yesterday. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. But God can take everything that all the broken pieces, all the missed opportunities, all the delays, every wrong move that you've made, every choice that is not of God that has got you in the jam. He's in the business of bringing your life out with his purpose, his peace, his pardon, and a brand new purpose. God destined purpose for your life. You can't get this on the job. You say, Pastor Mike, I just want to get a degree. I'm going to school and getting my bachelor's. I'm getting my master's, working on my doctorate. After I get it done, then I'll come, I'll come serve the Lord. <laughs> you can do more with God than by yourself. Do it with God. I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to get my promotion. I want to start my business, and then I'll get serious with God. Knock yourself out. Make God the center of your life, and He says, "This Christmas entrance is not just for a season, but it's everlasting life—a life that continues on and on and on while you're here on this earth. And it launches right into heaven when you close your eyes to the Lord and open the presence of Almighty God, where God says, "Come on in into a place that is reserved for you, paradise, where you will be forever." Oh, let me lead you into. A strong connection with God. Maybe you've asked God as your, your Lord and Savior, but you just haven't received this truth. Anyone who follows the will of God, anyone who follows the will of God, is my brother and sister. But maybe you haven't gotten into this space where you are locked in, locked in. It says, I want to just be with God. I want to do what is for the rest of my life. I'm going to throw everything aside. I'm going to concentrate on the things of God. Why don't you commit to watch what's going to happen to your life three months from now, six months from now, a year from now. People who know you will not recognize you. Be 
because of the transformation, because of the satisfaction that God brings. Let me pray with you this prayer. Will you open your heart to God and receive Him as your Lord and Savior? Pray this prayer with you. Jesus, thank you for coming on earth for my benefit. Thank you for your precious gift of satisfaction. Lord, I need your presence. I can't make it alone. So now and for the rest of God, my life, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come in my life. Save me. Make me one of yours. And Lord, help me to do your will. So I'll be counted as your brother, sister, friend. A strong child with God. Oh God, take my past and you clean it all up and restore me to your brand new life with vitality, energy, power, and dignity to accomplish things by your spirit from now on. Tell my time here on earth. And Jesus, on that day, when my heartbeat stops, as you have promised, I want to be in heaven with you. So, Lord, come and take me to be in heaven. So that where you are, I will be with you in heaven forever. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for letting me see another Christmas season. Love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Now, in a moment, I want to pray for us to um, have a, a big week. <laughs> a blessed week. But before we do that, may I encourage you to sow a seed before you leave into Favor Life Ministry. Again, to the end of the year, um, many churches like ourselves, because of COVID, we are way on the budget. Will you consider sowing a tax-deductible gift to Favor Life Church? Very easy to do that. On the portal that you are at, when you scroll all the way down, there's a green button that says Give Online. You can give electronically using your, your debit card, your credit card, your checkbook, your savings account. Uh, if you have uh, Android Pay or Google Pay or Microsoft Pay, you can do that. Whatever is on your car, if your car has Discover, Mechan Express, Dynas Club, Visa, MasterCard, whatever is your card carrier, the game online button will be able to accommodate that. So uh, you say, well, I, 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 I'm going to mail a check when I have a chance to go to the post office. Don't do that. Take your checkbook and all that checkbook information. Put it right there in the game online area for an electronic check. Would you do that before you leave today? So we'll see in this ministry. You can also give using Cash App. Many of you use that mechanism. If you already signed up for Cash App, you can find us. Our handle is Favor Life. One word, Favor Life. You give using that mechanism. Zelle is another way you can give to us. If you sign up for Zelle at your bank, you can give to Zelle. All those are mechanisms that you can give to 
our local, your local church. Freely as we give to you. When you open your heart to do the will of God by sowing an end of your gift to give a life church, we can really use that. May God bless you as you give. And God says, when you give a good measure, first down, shake it together, run it over. What God placed on your lap for the measure you give, it will be given to you. And may I encourage you to consider a recurring gift. Some of you give recurring every two weeks, every month. Whatever it is, it's on your heart. Right there on the give online, you can decide whatever amount it is. Give. The lights that are coming on, everything that happens in our sanctuary here, uh, it takes money to be able to spread God's food. And do that here. And I encourage you to be a supporter, be a participant. Not just a kid, but a giver uh, to help God's work. And God will try to bless you with that. At the end of the year, every gift you give, uh, it's also tax deductible because we have 501c3 organizations. Amen! Now let me pray for you as we end. Oh God, you're good. You came to do big things, and so today, Lord God, release that precious gift of satisfaction in the life of people. Where there's sickness, Lord God, of the satisfy your people with healing. Where there's brokenness, oh God, my Lord, uplift your people today higher than they've ever been in the name of Jesus. Oh God. Where your roadblocks been breakthrough, you are the God of the breakthrough. Jehovah power, Zem, breakthrough through pain, through misery, through curses, breakthrough through opposition, oppression, whatever is standing in the way of your people today, Lord God Almighty, bring mighty breakthrough to open wide, open wide the doors of heaven and rain mega blessing in the life of your people. Pull your people from harm, from danger, from hardship. Pull them from distress to a place of mighty breakthrough in Jesus' name. Oh God. Yes, Lord. But our God, my Lord, in this next three and a half weeks, Lord God, I might do something big in the life of the people. So many has been lost. Say so you came to seek and to save that which is lost. Save everything that has been delayed night or lost in 2020 in these next three and a half weeks Father in the name of Jesus recover what has been lost redeem Lord God what has been delayed oh Jesus name we do big things for your people Lord God this COVID situation Lord God I'm going to be back be back on coronavirus bring deliverance unto your people cover your people that none of the son of my bros get infected with coronavirus. Oh yes, Lord, push it far away from their homes, their family members, their bodies, their co-workers, and all their dwelling places. Today, sanitize that Lord God Almighty with the Holy Ghost fire to crush coronavirus from the life of the people. For the set your people up with greatness. Set your people up, Lord God Almighty. Oh, to be the chosen ones that you use to bring and come back. And come back, Lord God Almighty, in this economy, in this season of life that we have Bless your people, mighty God. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. For who you are, O oh God. For all your precious gifts today bestowed upon your people. We give you our name, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's share the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us amen amen god bless you thank you for joining us hey let me encourage you to join us again uh, we have prayer meetings 
Mondays to Friday, 5.30 in the morning for 30 minutes, in the evening at 8 p.m. Join us on either one of those. Uh, and on, on Saturdays, we are together at 7 a.m. Share the message out. The message you have is available. If you came in late, you can use your finger to go back and watch those messages. All the pre-worship songs are going to be available. Uh, when you hit the bottom right hand of the screen that you are at, you can see four dots, four dots in square. Those are all playlists, so we'll keep it out there through the week. Come back and listen to those songs, refresh your heart. All the scriptures that you saw today are available on this portal. I encourage you sometime this week, come back and look at those scriptures. Pray over those. Thank God for His purpose, His plan, His gift of satisfaction. Let it marinate your heart and your mind. The music is there for you. The scriptures are all there throughout the week. Uh, and then we're going to move them over to uh, our archives right there on our website. You can go back and check all our previous messages right there for your watching pleasure and pass it on to others. We are here as a ministry to help you draw closer to God. To experience breakthrough and freedom so that you can make a difference in your life for the glory of God. I love you with the love of God. If you have any support, assistance, prayer, counseling to you, feel free to reach out to me. I'll be delighted to extend that to you. Have a terrific week. Thank you for joining us. 